Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. One of the great challenges in life is try to explain the depth of the love of this God that has created us. Words don't, uh, we're short on words. Words don't explain what we just saw. Um, I really actually even hesitate because this speaks on so many levels to so many of you. But the truth of Scripture is that whether it's spoken in word, whether it's shown through video or it's enacted in drama, it's the God of the universe who created us and breathed life into us. And as you just saw, it was created out of his love for us. How many times did this incredible narrator say it started with love? And he sent Jesus with love. And, and Jesus conquered death with love. And Jesus loved for you. I, 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 like, I literally, it's, it, it would be hard to dissect, but I, I want to point something out that I think is critical when we see this. When we talk this morning about all the different issues and all the things in our world and everything that goes on, that God is sovereign, He's above over that. He has authority over that. He can deliver from any of those things. One of the things that stuck out to me in this was the entrance of Satan. So many times, wrongly, we have in our mind's eye that we're going to recognize Him like, oh, that's evil, oh, let's run, oh, but Satan is so subtle. His job description is to kill, steal, and destroy. And that starts with trying to destroy your belief in love. Your belief in the God of the universe who, who loves you and created you and has a plan for you. And his, his ability to send us Jesus. And did you notice that when Satan entered tonight, he didn't enter like immediately. He entered to what? He entered to interweave himself into love, to change love, to pervert love, therefore helping pervert life. Because if people love the wrong things or have idols or seek the wrong things, then their life immediately will be changed. Their pursuit will be changed. What they go after will be changed. How they feel about themselves will be changed. How they feel about God's word will be changed. And the enemy, he's so subtle, he comes in. He came in with life and with joy and he infiltrated their world. And when he did, he made it immediately seem like he belonged, like it was part of it. And that's the world that we live in we are now given this world that sin has integrated because Romans says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and we are born we are given life we all have three things in common tonight you were born you were created God's given you life and then we have this life and within this life when we were born and when we were created we inherited the sin nature of the world it happened from the time of Adam and Eve and Satan was there in the beginning 
When he was tempting Eve, he made it seem appealing. Look at that fruit. Look at that tree. God just created you. He won't kill you. He just created you. Enjoy this. From the beginning, Satan's the father of lies. He's been a liar from the beginning. That's what John 8, 42 through 47 tells us. That when he lies, he speaks his native tongue. His job description is to steal, kill, and destroy That doesn't mean destroy life. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, when they disobeyed and separation happened, when he entered just like tonight, when Satan came to destroy joy and destroy life, when that happened, he separated us from God. We went from beauty that we were created to ashes of separation. Because Satan perverted, entangled, and twisted the way we view life and love. So we're born into this separated state. We're born. We're born separated from the God who designed us and created us. That's a hard thing to get your head around. That's why this is so powerful. It's easy to see how he masqueraded in like he just belonged. And it was a short period of time till you could see how he wrecked havoc on all of the different creatures. It is easy to see that in life he, he has these. They may not be physical. You may not be walking around with them. But let me tell you something. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't look right. You're addicted. What you're looking at. What you're doing. Those are not the thoughts of the Almighty who created you in His image. He's love and hope and life and kindness and compassion and gentleness. The fruit of His Spirit in Galatians 5.22. But he, the enemy, desires not to take your physical death, but to take your spiritual effectiveness. Let me say that again. He's not after your physical death. He's after your spiritual effectiveness, your spiritual identity. You know, you can buy LifeLock today. You can buy protection for your identity today. People can't steal your banking account, can't steal your, uh, your social security number, can't steal your checking account. You can get insurance for that. The problem is you can't go buy or easily have a transaction to protect your spiritual identity. You have to guard it and protect it. You have to be the one to say, the word of God is the driving force in my life. The word of God and the person of God. Who he is, is the most important thing in my life. It's the most important thing. Because only a relationship with him can turn your ashes into His beauty. That we have been crucified with Christ. No longer we who live. But he who lives 
in us and through us. He's not after your physicalness. He's after your spiritualness. Making you doubt. Doubt him. Doubt his existence. Doubt does he really have a plan. Doubt is Jesus who he really said. Doubt did Jesus really rise from again. Like doubt. The enemy has two forces that destroy joy and life. Number one is doubt. And number two is isolation. If the enemy can separate you from your friends, from your family, from your peer group, he can run havoc in your mind. If the enemy could get you alone, it's when you're alone when no one's there to hold you accountable if you're harming yourself. When you're alone after a meal when you have eating disorders. When you're alone that you're susceptible to toxins or alcohol or drugs or things you do in your life. When you're alone that you look at things you're not supposed to. You don't do that in a group. The enemy attacks you when you're alone. That's why we need each other. It's a, it's a huge tactic. This might be next level thinking, but some of you are pretty sharp. I've enjoyed talking to a lot of you here. Do you know that when God came here to the earth, I hesitate to say this, but this is the truth of God's word, so I'm going to just say it because I'm feeling it. Do you know that even God himself brought three manifestations of himself? That's why we have God the Father, God the Son, and today God the Holy Spirit. Three different mechanisms of how God expresses his love, redemption, and forgiveness. Even God himself, the Godhead Trinity, exists in community. That's why you need other people. We see in scripture time and time again, Jesus would do this amazing thing. He would bring somebody to life. He would feed 5,000. He would, he would quiet the storm. He would heal the lame. He would do all the things that Jesus did. When he walked through, he was walking to go bring Jairus' daughter back to life. And when he was there, a lady who had been bleeding for 12 years reaches out and she just touches the very cloak, the bottom, the hem of his garment. And immediately she's healed. And there's people pressing on Jesus. He's in a big crowd. And he says, whoa, stop. Somebody just touched me. The apple said, no kidding. Of course someone just touched you. There's people over here. She goes, no, the power of healing. Someone knew it was. It was Jesus. What? He turned around so everyone else would know. This woman's faith said, if I could get close enough to him to touch the bottom of his robe, I believe he can deliver me. That faith drove that woman to just get to Jesus a touch of Jesus, a closeness to Jesus. And something that had been troubling her for 12 years was healed in a moment, in an instant. It was healed just like that. What about you? If you have something going on in your life, and I'm not saying you do. Maybe someone else that you know does. Maybe this week you're like, I don't know, there's a whole lot of things about ashes to beauty, ashes to beauty, but Caleb, man, my life's good. My family, I'm almost feeling good. No, you shouldn't. You should be blessed and you should be storing this up because either A, that time in your life could be coming because I thought, told you about a week of my life last week, or B, you're going to run into people who need this from you. Why? Because they need love, true love, biblical love, the love of Jesus. In God's word, Jesus arrives on the other side from the Sea of Galilee when he shows up and he lands there, a man completely naked, cutting himself, 
head to toe outcast is living in a cemetery. He's living in the tombs. And immediately when Jesus comes, the man comes to him and says, Jesus, what are you doing? Who are you? You might know the story. The man was possessed with many different evil spirits. It was called legion because there was legions of them. And they said, Jesus, please don't throw us into the abyss. Don't throw us into heaven. Like when, when, when they come to Jesus, they're like, don't. Just send us where? Over, right over there to that herd of swine, the herd of pigs. Just send us over there. A legion, many, many things. The ten things we looked at today, they do not have to chain you. You don't have to be chained or bound to sin anymore. In any area. He's come that you could have life and have it abundantly. You could have it to the full. You might know the story. Most of you know the story. Jesus sends legion. All of this demonic possession inside of this man. Into the herd of pigs. The herd of pigs run immediately down into the lake. And they're drowned. The people manning the pigs go into the town. The townspeople come out to see what has happened. They verify what has happened. And the man had gone from ashes. Outcast. Naked. Tearing himself up. Self-mutilating. No value. Outcast. Not loved, isolation, brokenheartedness. Everything Isaiah 61 1 tells us to beauty. In an instant, the woman bleeding, him of the cloak, the man possessed by many things that, that possess us and chain us today, healed in an instant. There was a woman. She was an outcast in a community. She was a Samaritan woman. She didn't go with all the other women to the well each day. She was there at high noon. All of the other women in a desert town went early in the morning. When she was there at the well at noon, Jesus and his disciples walk up to the well. Jesus sends his disciples away. Why? To not call this woman out. Not to publicly humiliate this woman. Not to in some way single this woman out or make her feel afraid. And Jesus very quietly has a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And he says, young lady, may I please have a drink of water? Do you know what the lady says to Jesus? I'm a Samaritan woman. You're a Jew. Why are you talking to me? She doesn't know who Jesus is. She doesn't know that he created her. He doesn't know that he's seen ashes she doesn't know that he knows everything about her he's watched her grow up he's seen her childhood he's seen her scarring he actually knows what's going on in her life right now he merely gives value to the woman that jesus gives value to you here tonight jesus kindly says no i don't have anything to draw with and she gets the, gets the water for him, gives him a drink. And Jesus says, you know, I can give you this living water that you'll never thirst again. She's thinking physical water. They have to walk each way to get water every day, to wash their clothes, to, to every day to, 
eat and to clean and for their livestock and their cattle. And of course, he's talking about our spiritual need. And so she said, well, where do you get this living water? And he just makes this simple statement. He said, well, you know, why don't you go back and get your husband? And as soon as you get your husband, come back and I'll explain the whole thing to you. The woman, like some of us tonight, like people all around the world, entrapped in sin, caught in ashes, hidden sin that no one knows. Jesus makes a simple statement. Go get your husband. She falls, head falls. And she said, I have no husband. To which Jesus says the same thing he could say to you tonight. I know, because the fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you're currently living with is not one of them. The the man you're with now isn't even your husband. I know everything about you, because I created you, and I love you. And your identity is found in men. It's found in a false sense of love. It's found in love and joy that has been infiltrated and has been twisted and has been perverted. But I've come that you could have life and have it to the full. And this Samaritan woman who's never seen Jesus and never had this conversation and lives in Samaria where there's false God systems set up says, I know a Messiah, the anointed one, the deliverer, the redeemer. I know Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will redeem. When he comes, he will turn ashes to beauty. When he comes, he will take everything. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. When he comes, he will bring hope to the hopeless. He will heal the broken hearts. He will do all the things in Isaiah that we just saw. He will turn ashes into beauty when he comes. When he comes, there will be restoration. When he comes, he will restore joy. When he comes, he will overcome death. When he comes, the tomb will be empty. When he comes, he will restore the genuine love that God has for us. I know Messiah is coming. I I know he's coming. And Jesus says, I am he. Jesus loves you. Jesus' desire for your life is for you to receive and accept the true, genuine love. Not the counterfeit love, not the world definition of love, not the perverted love. But the true, sincere, genuine love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where are you tonight? Have you ever accepted his love? Have you ever said, God, I've never realized I was born with sin. Romans 3.23. The wage of sin is death. We saw that. Not a better, you're not going to see Romans 6.23 any better than you saw it tonight. Comma. And you're not going to see the free gift of life is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 and 10 says what? That if you 
believe in your heart. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from chains here on earth? Yes. Saved from the wrong definition of love? Yes. Redeemed back to your creator? Yes. And not only do you have his peace now to take all of these areas of life that are currently in ashes and start restoring your beauty. Beauty from ashes. Beauty from ashes. Beauty from ashes. The true love. The receiving of him as your personal Lord and Savior. I mean, there's almost 200 students here. There's no doubt that there are people here who have been contemplating that, doubting that, and not made that decision yet. And God could be speaking through this drama, through us, through your small group today, that this might be your moment. This could be the day of salvation to you. If it is, in just a moment, I'll give you a chance, but I want you to be obedient with that. But there's also the rest of you who came with a church. You go to church regularly. You, you, you are involved. You have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And we are super glad you're here. In fact, this drama might be more important for you than it is for those. Well, I don't know more important. They're all important. But let me say equally important. Kind of like love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Second, like and under this, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, both super important. But some of you are believers. You're Christians. But some of you are walking around. Entangled. You got stuff going on in your life. Some of it's private, some of it's public, some of it's hidden, some of it's not hidden. Tonight might be your night to finally pray for forgiveness and receive the beautiful gift of love. That can breathe joy back into your life. Let's bow our head. Before I pray for us. If there's anyone here. That has never began a first-time relationship with the God of the universe who created you that's only available through the belief that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to get rid and eliminate that sin problem. Jesus, the perfect sinless person. The Bible says he who had no sin became sin. So that you could become the righteousness. You could have right standing with God. Before I pray, if there's anyone here tonight. Who's never accepted the gift of eternal life. That's free. It costs Jesus everything. His life. But to you. It's do you believe? Do you believe there's one true God. And he sent his one and only son Jesus. As we saw so beautifully tonight. If 
there's anyone here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And all I want you to do is just look up. I'm not going to bring you up, call you up. I just want you to look up. I just want to see who you are. And I want you to be able to connect with your leader when we finish here and go to small group time or one of your leaders. Most churches have multiple people here. But one of the reasons people don't turn ashes into their beauty is because they're never asked. And I haven't earned this place, but God has given me this place tonight. I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for you. If the God of the universe is revealing himself to you and, and coming and your palms are sweating, your heart is beating. If, if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go through the room really quick. But I just want you to, to look up. I just want to make eye contact with you. That's it. I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to do anything. That's the first question. We're doing that question, and then I have another question. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to count to three. I just want you to look up. Everybody else, just keep looking down and pray for the people on your right, your left. If you're taking care of, pray for your family. Pray for a lost friend. Pray for the perversion of love. Pray for the other thing going on in your life. Pray for what you need to do. But this is for you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to look at me right now. One, two, three. Anybody? I got you. Good. Anybody else over here? Just wait for just a second. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Anybody else over here? I'm looking. Just give me a second to get there because we're not in a hurry. This is the God of the universe. It's powerful. It's unbelievable. Anybody else over here? I'm coming around. Just give me a second. Praise God. Question two. What are you chained to? You're either chained to the God of the universe and you're running in freedom or you're chained to sin. God brought you here this weekend because he loves you and he's trying to reveal that to you. If you're here tonight and there's something that you need to find an accountability partner, something that you need help, something you need to tell. If you're here tonight and God is calling you to be free, it's kind of a controversial world. I, I hate to say delivered, but I'm just going to say reconciliation, reunited, brought back, something that's hindering your spiritual growth and walk. If you have something like that going on in your life, and we're going to go to small groups, but if you have something like that, I'm going to pray in just a second. But there's something hindering you, holding you back, something you need to get right, some change. If there's something going on in your life, I'd just like for you quickly. I'm going to count to three. I just want you to raise your hand. I'll come around. I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. There's something going on. Yep, I see. Hands all over. Yeah, absolutely. My hand's in there too. Yep, I see you. Yep. Let's pray. God, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you for these that have accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior. And I thank you for this time that now they're going to go meet with a small group leader who's going to get to walk them through. And God, you saw the hands all over. The, the, the fact is we all struggle. We're all chained. I pray for the courage to take our ashes. And when we give those to you, 
only you make that beautiful. Jesus, you were beautiful. You were the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you were willing to become ashes. He who had no sin took on our sin to make us beautiful. Thank you. May we never take that for granted. And may we never keep that to ourselves. May we always share, like we'll talk about tomorrow, the truth of what you did to bring us from ashes to beauty. And I thank you specifically for the RVR staff, this drama department, your word, for those tonight that this was their day of salvation. Be with our small group time right now. May we process what we saw and how things get perverted and how chains hold us down. Speak to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, you guys are dismissed to your small group. For those of you who just raised your hand for the first time, make sure you find your adult leader and let them know that. Because I don't know who your adult leaders are in here. So you guys that did that, find your adult leader. Okay? So you guys are dismissed. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.